And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Something looks different about you, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. Is your hair long? Do you have a haircut coming up? Um, yeah, I mean, I probably have a haircut coming up within the next week or two or three. It could be, it, well, it could be <laughs> the humidity, but your hair yeah. has a little curl to it that I don't normally see from you. Yeah, uh, well, DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews, I, I do have a bit of a wave to my hair on one side. That's just sort of naturally there. I'm always fighting, so that does become more prominent on humid days as well as... You know, when I'm getting near needing a haircut, for sure, so. When Doc Manson was a kid, when he was just taught Manson, okay, uh, what was your hairstyle like? Like, if we could go back in time and a young D.C. Matthews were to find his way over to your neck of the woods to meet a young Top Manson, after we had either punched each other or just, you know, run in opposite directions, what, what would I find? Well, I mean, I guess Paint it depends. A picture for me. It depends on how old you're talking. Uh, when I was real young, like you know, toddler to to I don't know, say five or six, maybe. I think I just sort of had that standard little kid, long well, locks, yeah. curls no, I'm in talking the back. Like by the time you got, you know, let's say, like eight year. I, I want to do like a like a an eight year old snapshot, and then like a. Just entering like eighth grade, ninth grade snapshot. Okay, so uh, eight eight years old, I'd say it was probably like a buzz cut, you know, uh, maybe a little longer than than completely buzzed, but but basically just a glasses. buzz cut. Glasses or no glasses? Because we are both. I don't know if people know this when we when if you paint the picture of our voices here on DDT Wrestling, we both are spectacled. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know exactly. I'd say I got glasses. Hmm. If I had to guess, somewhere around the second grade. So okay, I've had them since I was like four. Okay, I don't know how <laughs> old grand- you are in second grade, which is why I said that. Seven or eight. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, my grandmother noticed that I was trying to watch TV like this, <laughs> and she was like, "Could you please go get this child's vision tested?" And I've worn glasses every day since then. Yeah, I mean. That, I don't know if you feel insulted with the comparison, but that makes me think about my dog, uh, Oscar. Well, only because, see, we go out for walks at night, and he sees like people at a distance with walking dogs, and he just goes ballistic. You can't control him. He just starts barking his face off. It doesn't matter if it's somebody he knows or not. He's just barking his face off. And once he once he gets runs up to this person, he just instantly is a different dog. He's like, "Oh, I know you. Let me give you some love. Let me roll over, and you can pet the heck out of me." It could just mm-hmm. be that he has, you know, poor manners. But I also sometimes like to think to myself, maybe he's just blind, and and he literally literally cannot tell who it is from a distance. I don't I don't know. Is there is there a dog vision test you can do? I I don't know, but maybe something I should look into. Point. I know with this dog, um, he would have that problem if it were possible. Can I? Can I tell you? Yeah, I have known you now for we are we are approaching in some way twenty years Ugh. that I have known you. Don't phrase it that way. I can't imagine. Can I knowing tell you, you that long. how how pleased and proud I am that you actually said first? Now, don't take this the wrong way. But what do you mean? Like. I'm just saying, 
there might have been a time at some point, and maybe it's you know that I'm particularly sensitive and would cry for weeks, <laughs> but you would have just said, you're like my dog. There would have been no, no cushion. There would have been no, I'm about to say something that some might find awkward. It's just, you're like my dog. I think my dog's blind too. Uh, so out of curiosity, how important is the cushion? Was that a good move? Was that unnecessary? Uh, in that instance, it probably wasn't necessary. Okay. But there are plenty of times where you've provided a cushion and then said something that I might have actually considered insulting. Huh. And and I'm like, okay, at least he cushioned it. <laughs> are you referring to the time that I said that you were as wide as you are tall? One of the times. I have a list up here. <laughs> I feel like the last time I said that, though, you, like, you understood that wasn't an insult. It was just no, trying to be I, descriptive. I, I understand that I am a broad person. And, 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 and I think when you said wide, I think, you, I think I took that as, yes, I am in many ways like Rhino. Yes. <laughs> I am the same size standing up as I am lying down. It's <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so, so, yes. So, okay. So, so, buzz cut, maybe glasses, maybe not. Right, depending on how um, old. So, now, let's jump forward. Because at eight years old, you're still not really choosing your own clothes. Middle school, early high school, Doc Manson. I, what I really want to know, I don't think, I think I know the answer to this. Do you ever have a goth phase? Um, not. Or a skater phase, not, or not, a thug no, okay. phase. Not strictly speaking, but through, I think, probably like seventh, eighth grade, I totally wore a black trench coat. So I, I wouldn't say it was full goth. When was Columbine? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Yeah, that's a good was question. That... Um, but I'll have you know, uh, I mean, it's too early to make this segue, but the reasons for it will become clear as we talk about some of the greatest sci-fi characters of all time. Okay. Um, the Columbine shooting was in 99, so we would have been 16. So you're okay. Yeah, this would you have been far before, before that. Um, I, but spent yeah, so eighth, I spent all of eighth grade wearing a faded brown leather jacket that was my dad's. That's awesome. Uh, and once I got into high school, I think I was – this is probably end of high school, early college. I had a nice sort of black leather jacket, like a car coat style. Um, that I wore quite a bit. I have vague recollections of. No, that might have been a different leather jacket no. than maybe you wore. Same after, one. No. Okay. Yeah, I, that got ruined at college. Um, I got caught out in the in a gig- torrential rainstorm one day, oh, and it just totally destroyed it. Yeah, that's the worst. But anyways, it was but okay. honestly it was well loved at that point. Like the 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 what is that the the inside of the jacket? What's that called? The uh, I'm blanking here. The liner, Inner. the liner was completely oh, yes. ripped I was going to say the innards. Like you could reach into the jacket when you were trying to put your arm into the armhole for the sleeve. Yeah. There was a jacket. It might have been the brown leather one. I could reach into the exterior pocket from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, <laughs> it was well loved by the time it was retired. Um, that's really all. That's really all you need. Uh, you mentioned it. We are, we are going to spend, we can talk some wrestling. We're, we'll get to emails, which there are some that include wrestling, I'm sure. Uh, but Glenn, the bestest of the besties, Glenn, um, had sent a question at some point two weeks ago or so asking us for our top five favorite sci-fi characters, and we didn't get to it. I, I sent out a, a tweet to try to remind us. I've got some of those results. I've got my results that have nothing to do with this. I know you've come up with some. So let's let's spend some time doing this. Everyone's talking about ranking 
wrestling stables, thanks to WWE's list. You might have missed. You've missed all of this. <laughs> WWE.com put out a list of the top ten wrestling stables. Okay, hold on a second. Before we go on. Yes. I'm just going to say it. This list that the WWE has put together, I'm just going to say it's completely invalid if the three-man band is not somewhere on this list. No. Invalid. It's not. Invalid. Forget it. Nobody should be arguing about this. Clearly it was put together as a sham by, by people just looking to publicize for the company. Not a serious list. You can ignore it safely. Well, and, and, and all I'll say is um, The Shield was ranked number one as the greatest stable of all time. And so that was where some people wound up ta- you know, having a problem because... A lot of people don't believe that the Shield should be the greatest stable of all time. Didn't I just say um, if Three Man Band isn't on this list, it's a sham? I mean, all you're doing is solidifying my stance by telling me about this. I will find it for you because I'll, I'll look it up. I'll see if I can track it down. I'm having difficulty finding it on WWE.com, which makes me think that their damage control tra- took it down. Something like that. Like, literally, if you search for stables, there's a picture of 25 seriously strange stables, which I did consider as the topic of this show is talking about our favorite stables, not counting any of those. But let me see here. I'll look for it. I like the stables where there are horses. That would be mine. NAI Pod talked about this um, recently. And by recently, I mean literally yesterday on their show. They, they still about have the a list. show? They do. We are, we are proudly affiliated huh. with that show. I just figured they would have given it up by now. I mean, you know, sitting in the, in the, in the shadow of, of, of the greatness that is DC and Doc talking wrestling. I, I just would have assumed that they would have they hung it up by now. No, huh. nope, they're still at Very it. Very strange. Very strange. Well, happy to still be affiliated with those gentlemen. A fine, a fine fair folk. All right, well, let's move on to the topic we actually wanted to discuss. I can continue scanning for the stable list at some point. Um, so we've got here top five sci-fi. So I would like to know, in your esteemed opinion, Doc Manson, because you are going to be the expert in this. Okay. Uh, what is your definition of sci-fi. See, that's impossible, um, really, to tell, because I was actually going to ask. I have a list, and I've got some people on here that I think some people uh, would consider a stretch, perhaps, to consider it sci-fi. But at the same time, honestly, it's anything that I think, you know, falls, that you might think of falling into uh, the broader category of fantasy, but which also delves into some degree of science. That's it's rarely a very tenuous definition, I, I would say. Okay. So a fantasy that delves into science. So I would I right. would say that science fiction is a subgenre of fantasy. Okay. That actually makes sense to me. So you have fantasy and then under that you would have more your cuz Lord of the Rings is not sci-fi. That's just fantasy, correct? correct? But Star Trek, which right. is so like to be I would discussed. consider because I think we've had this conversation on the show before. Like so you have fantasy as a broader umbrella. I think sci-fi is one genre. I think high fantasy is another. Low fantasy is okay, another. What, 
Okay, so explain to me. You've mentioned high fantasy on the show before. What is the difference between high fantasy and low fantasy? Uh, high fantasy takes place in a, a fully self-contained imagined world. That, that's, that's really all it means. And low fantasy takes place in what's ostensibly the real world, but with fantastical elements. Okay. Interesting. So, so Lord of the Rings would be high fantasy because they have completely made up Middle Earth Correct. and the Shire. Would then Hitchhikers be low fantasy because it takes place in part on Earth? Or would that be high fantasy because most of it is out in the Honestly, world, out in the galaxy? Honestly, I probably wouldn't make that distinction. I would simply lump it into sci-fi. Where's the sigh in that? In Hitchhiker's Guide a to the towel. Galaxy? A to- well, no, I suppose yes. I was going to say a towel is not science, but... <laughs> but there, I mean, even if it's, like I said, even if it's a tangential thing, I mean, it's still outer space, it's spaceships, it's, it's science to a degree is what has been made fantastical. So... Okay. All right. Um, so we've got our list. Now, I have... Almost a full page, two columns of the names mentioned by others in the neighborhood. I didn't write down their names, so I'm not going to reference them on the show, but these are the names of the the characters. Uh, Do you want to start with our list, and then I'll name some other ones, or should I name some... Should I come up with some names that I don't think you are going to mention? Because a lot of these I'm going to need your help with, because, for example... I don't know that I'm going to know them all. Malcolm Reynolds is Half-Life, right? No. Or is that not Half-Life? Is there a character in Half-Life called Malcolm? Not that I am aware of. Who is the main character? Gordon in Freeman. For some reason, Gordon and Malcolm are the same now, in Malcolm my head. Malcolm Reynolds is uh, Nathan Fillion's character from uh, Serenity and Firefly. Okay. Uh, also mentioned was River Tam, yep. which is another character, another character from, from that show. Yep. You I, And again, we may have covered this. You have 30 seconds to sell me. I've never watched a single episode. I've never seen the movie. Why should I watch Firefly? Okay. The reason why you should watch Firefly is because I know you like science fiction. You have yes. a certain appreciation for Star Trek. Although I would say that the show leans more towards Star Wars, which I'm not sure you're as big of a fan of. However... I've seen every Star Wars movie except Solo. Okay, yeah, me too, actually. But if you like that, it's sort of like a science fiction space opera in the vein of Star Wars. But imagine if Star Wars was more closely also a Western, which I also know that you like. Okay. That's essentially what it is. It's a mashup. Okay. And I like Nathan Fillion. Yeah, Nathan Fillion is wonderful. It's a great cast of characters. There's a bunch of great actors. Uh, Joss Whedon, I don't always like his work, but mm-hmm. I, I think the writing on this show was uh, good and clever. Buffy the Vampire Slayer would not be sci-fi, right? I don't think so. But you could make it's an argument that it is, I suppose. Okay. Nobody mentioned anyone from Buffy, so I would assume that. Um, okay, another name that you will probably know. Who is Buckaroo Banzai? Uh, Buckaroo Banzai is an older character from uh, Buckaroo Banzai. 
the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. Um, so he's like this Renaissance man. Um, and, and he, like, I, I've always thought of him. I don't know if this is right or not, but in a way, I've always thought of him sort of like, um, you know, that, that Daffy Duck character. Uh, what is that called? The, the one where he's in the future, uh, the 21st and a half oh. century or whatever. Yes. You know, something uh, like that. Um, but yeah. Duck Dodgers. Is that Duck Dodgers? Duck Dodgers. Yeah. I guess that's probably not actually. Duck Dodgers in the 24 and a half century. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's really the best. Because Duck Dodgers is probably actually uh, based off of um, Buck. What? Uh, I always assumed Buckaroo Banzai was a cartoon. I am so not. I'm so out of the loop. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I, and again, you don't need I, I, to. I can't say, it's been a long time since I, if I, I think I've seen parts of Buckaroo Banzai, but yeah, it's 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 a um, it's sort of a wacky '80s uh, sci-fi film, let's say. Fair enough. All right. Um, Not overly. Did you familiar. go in? Did you go in order? I'd like to point out uh, Slaughter Bart Fast. Yeah. Was mentioned. Okay. As as one of the great sci-fi characters. I'm not sure that time. he really is one of the great sci-fi characters. Does he appear as a character in any of those books? I know he has a drink named after him, but is he actually a character? Look him mm, up. Yes. Okay. I don't remember. Yeah, because he's in the movie. Is he? He is. He's played by Bill Nye. Hmm. At the end... At the end of the movie, where he he they rebuild Earth. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he is a character. Okay, I guess he is. I oh yeah, he's he's the designer of the planets. Okay, I see that now. Yeah, I I didn't put any hitchhikers characters on my list, but he would have not been the one I would have picked had I picked. Now one. that said, um, so I haven't started really telling you my list yet, and so you may consider this cheating to some degree but there are a couple entries on my list that is actually more than one character because i think that they work as either you know a pair or an ensemble but i don't know if i would call them individually the greatest it's our it's our list we are allowed to cheat so i will say no this is in no particular order um you can't oh wait so you're okay you can't make me choose between my babies then give me a name. We'll go back and forth. Give me a All name. All right. The first name I'm going to give you is, and I was surprised to not see this on too many lists, although I did eventually see, it might have been Laz. Laz may have put it on there. Okay, so you did look at the- A little bit. You have seen some. Yeah, I was getting okay. notifications throughout the day, so I can't say I've seen them all. Got it. But uh, Fair enough. I think a big one is Ellen Ripley. Alien. Alien. Protagonist of the Alien series, at least Alien 1 through 4. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Okay. 30-second pitch. I have never seen a single Alien movie. Well, those movies are just excellent. The first one is probably the best sci-fi horror movie ever made. The second one is probably the best sci-fi action movie ever made. And Sigourney Weaver is an excellent actress who is able to 
convey all sorts of emotion. And, and the thing that I think is fantastic is Alien was basically her first film. It was her film debut. She was much younger than the really? rest of the cast, but she still plays so beautifully in that film. Um, and then again, further on, she just sort of morphs into this more independent, self-sustained, badass, female, strong female. Let me put it this way. If she could stomach the material, which I, I don't think she could, but if she could, Mrs. Matthews would love Ellen Ripley. She is that kind of badass female character who's taking care of business because she can. You know what I mean? Okay. Now, Alien, while clearly sci-fi, has always trended a little too much into the horror genre for me. I think you would be able to watch the second film without much difficulty. Is is that the franchise where someone just freaks out going, Game over, yes, man! Game that over! that is that movie. Okay. I kind of want to see it just for yeah, that. Yeah, it's good. There's a lot of good characters right. in that movie. Um, All right, so you said uh, Ellen Ripley. Yes. yes, I think Laz might have been the only one. I was surprised um, the, not to see that name more, because to me, that is one of like the Halo characters of science fiction cinema. Master Chief was mentioned, since you said Halo. There you go. Um, also, Halo... Also, I, I'm sorry. I haven't read any of the novels, but just based off of the games, I actually think Master Chief is one of the worst characters of all time. He is not interesting at all. If anything, Cortana from that series, I would say, is the more interesting mm-hmm. character. Now, again, I, because I don't know a lot of these names, um, Rick Decker, he's, that's... He'd be next on my list. Oh, Okay, that's Blade Runner, it right? It is. It's Harrison Ford's character from Blade Runner, and more recently, I guess, he appeared in Blade Runner 2049, although I did not see that film. Oh, that's the one with uh, Ryan Gosling, too, I right? I believe yeah. so. I haven't seen the original Blade Runner, so again. Great film. Um, based off of the Philip K. Dick story, uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Um yeah, I know. It's a great title, isn't okay. it? Okay. That's a fantastic yeah. title. Um, really great. Again, it's a classic sci-fi uh, story. A fairly, I think it's a novella technically. It's not extremely long. And and the first film itself is is also just, just really, really well done. And the thing that's even better about it, um, I mean, I already, I obviously mentioned... Um, Alien already with Ellen Ripley, but Blade Runner, the film, the the, the cinema, uh, again, directed by the same director, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott just had a knack early in his career. He had had a great eye uh, for talent. He had a great eye for the cinematography, great scripts. Um, Yeah, the fact that this one director gave us these two really, I think, iconic movies, uh, these iconic characters, uh, just really speaks to, I think, Ridley Scott's one-time greatness. I say one-time because I've been less impressed with some of his more recent work, but hey, what can you do? Okay. Jumping back into wrestling just because I put it out on Twitter that I was looking for the stable list, and our friend Rob, who's done some of the drafts with us, at rbon1, B-O-N-N-E-1. Um, I'll go in in order from top down. Number one was The Shield. Okay. Number two was The Four Horsemen. Okay. Number three is DX. Okay, Triple H. Number four is the NWO. Okay. Number five is Evolution. Uh, another Triple H. Okay. Number six is the New Day. Number seven is the Heart Foundation. Okay. Number eight is the Nexus. 
Number nine are the Freebirds. And the 10th best faction of all time, according to WWE.com, is the Undisputed Era. Makes perfect sense. So, again, we don't need to belabor it, but I can understand, looking at this list, why some people wanted to do their own list. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. But thank you, Rob. All right. Um, One of the people I picked... Now, so what I did, because I am so sci-fi... I won't say illiterate, but I have a I have some sci-fi that I'm very into and some sci-fi that I'm just completely oblivious to. So I went with uh, characters that I felt went beyond invaded pop culture. Okay. So I went with one that people, including possibly you, are going to mock me for, and I went with E.T. Now, that might not be sci-fi. Um, no, I'll give it to you. Aliens are sci-fi. But you Aliens know, are always in the sci-fi. 80s, I should have gone with Alf. Oh, Alf. Now that is a pick I could have respected. See, had I been, had I really given this some thought, I tried to do this at work. In all fairness, E.T. is <laughs> uh, not a bad this, choice either. Again, an iconic film. No, he, you know, he became a piece of pop culture. There became a ride at Disney World. He is the basis of perhaps the worst video game ever made. You ever watched videos of oh, E.T. I, from yes, Atari? I have. Um, <laughs> and the entire saga of finding those cartridges from a few years back. They've made documentaries out of it. Um, yeah. Um, so I went with that again. I, I remember seeing the movie. I don't remember particularly loving the movie, but... Okay. Um, all right. So let's go with some other ones. Um, someone said the Sharknado. Yeah, I know who said that. And Jason, you should be embarrassed. He also said the Power yeah, Rangers. Yeah, I'm sort of thinking that he wasn't taking this seriously. Shocking that someone would not take this seriously. Uh, can you tell me what Barbarella is? Yeah, Barbarella is an old, sexy sci-fi movie starring Jane Fonda in the titular role. And I say titular Jane Fonda? for multiple reasons. I didn't realize that was Jane Fonda. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, give me another it's name, a very, please. It's a very, very campy film. And uh, I think Glenn probably said, uh, you know, this could have been part of his pants party at an earlier time in his life. And yes, it's totally that sort of movie. But it's campy. Okay. It's fun. Didn't Pamela Anderson make... Oh, no, she did Barbed Wire. Which was, you know, terrible. What's another name on your list? Okay. Um, this one... This one probably showed up on a lot of lists, but again, strong female character, uh, Sarah Connor. One. Okay, only one. One. Um, As opposed to The Terminator, which appeared six times, I I added The Terminator tied for kind of the bottom of my list, but that was cheating because I was looking at the data. So I won't go with that. And then the T-1000 also got I will say The Terminator is not a... Terrible choice, but he's the flashy choice, right? He's the robot. Yeah. He's got all the one-liners. To me, he's not really a character because he just has a singular purpose. In the first film, it's to kill Sarah Connor. In the second one, it's to protect John Connor. Like, I know he's got some personality, but again, I think Sarah Connor, particularly the Sarah Connor in uh, Terminator 2, uh, is, yes. is, is a more classic 
character. I like that movie. I, I you know I would have gone with. I like the T-1000 in that movie. I also like the red-haired kid in the arcade yeah. who then went on to be on Salute yeah, Your Shorts. Uh, but so, uh, you know, Sarah Connor, again, um, you know, I talked about... What was I talking about? Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor, I think, is right... Strong female right characters. Up there. And, like, I, you know, I, I talked about Aliens being probably the greatest sci-fi action film of all time. Um, Terminator 2 is probably the only other movie that I think could potentially uh, you know battle for that crown because T2 was an excellent excellent film I liked I did like that movie I remember being like a kid and seeing that and being it was the part where like he calls home yes and John Connor calls home and is talking to his foster parents and the Terminator was like your foster parents are dead and I was just like dude <laughs> a little tact please could you cushion that a little first <laughs> I don't mean to upset you, John, but your foster parents are dead. All right. Um, I'm starting to look up some of these. Mad Max. Yeah, Mad Max. Was mentioned. Is that on your uh, list? No, but not a bad choice. Although, I don't know. I mean, I guess technically it's sci-fi. I, I'm not going to be the sort of guy who, who's really drawn straws here, but I don't know. That's sort of like a post-apocalyptic fantasy I have, again, it's it's hard to split hairs, right? So I, I'll give it to you. Mad Max is, is all right. And I will say, uh, okay. Mad Max Beyond Fury Road, the more recent film in that series, uh, excellent. Excellent film. It's just like a nonstop thrill ride. And again, you want to talk about extremely strong female characters. Um, obviously, they, they recast... Um, they recast Max in this film because obviously that used to be Mel Gibson. They're going for a younger guy here. They went with Tom Hardy. And new mm-hmm. to do the series, Charlize Theron played uh, Imperator Furiosa. And she really is the protagonist of that film. So actually, I think she belongs on that list more than anybody else. Um, she was just a nonstop tour de force in that film. You want to talk about strong female characters. Uh just a total badass, kicking ass the entire way. Mad Max, the character of Max, is really just along for the ride in that film. It's, so, it's sort of weird that it's his film in name. I debated seeing that movie despite not having seen any other Honestly, Mad Max movies. you don't need to see any of the other ones. I would. This, this, is, this one was actually an excellent piece of cinema, and, and like the, hmm. I don't think you. I really don't think you need to see the other ones. Although the other ones particularly the first two, are still decent films. I don't know if they really hold up that well without the nostalgia factor. All right. I'm, I'm going through here because a lot of these are, um, are starting to get grouped in terms of shows. So I'm going through some of the ones. Somebody mentioned Snake Plissken. Yeah. I don't know if the Metal Gear sucks. No. Now, not granted, Metal Gear. Wait. Is Kurt Russell's character also named Snake Plissken? Uh, he's the only one named Snake Plissken. Oh, that's true. The character in the movie, the character is what? Solid Snake? So Snake Plissken, if he said Snake Plissken, he means Escape from New York. Is Kurt Russell from, is GQ in Escape from New York? Yes, absolutely. One of GQ's great Or Escape from L.A., I suppose, but Escape from L.A. We've we've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating. GQ bears an uncanny resemblance to a young Kurt Russell. Absolutely. Um... 
All right, so Snake Plissken, that would be Escape from New York. Someone said Caesar from, I'm assuming, Planet of the Apes. Huh. The more recent movies. Okay, that's one of the apes, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I wonder if they're talking about the old Charlton Heston film or if they're talking about one of the new films. I'm assuming, I think Caesar is the ape that leads the revolt. Okay. Like he's, the, he's the main ape. I wouldn't know because I haven't watched any of the new films. I, I just don't care about those films. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Commander Shepard from the Mass Effect games. Probably a good choice. I never played those games, but they are highly revered. Uh, and then Nada from They Live, which I thought would just Who is Nada? Is that Piper's character? I doubt it. Yeah, his name is John oh, Nada. I didn't recognize him. An unnamed drifter. Okay. I didn't remember his name, so, I guess. But so next, all right, give next me on name. my list again, and I don't. From what I saw, I didn't see this on anybody else's list. But I think you might be getting in. This could be getting into territory A, where you might argue about is that really sci-fi? I would say yes. And two, this is not a single. I'm pretty character. sure you're not going to get any argument from. This me. is not a single character, but rather a pair. Uh, and so sure. this would be Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. I I will not argue because I think you said aliens are sci-fi. Exactly. So, um, and I will not. I'll also not argue about them being grouped. And again, together. Dana Scully's entire purpose on that show to begin with was to be a skeptical scientist offering a plausible explanation for the more fantastic things that they're encountering. So there was, sure. especially in the earlier seasons, a stronger science slant to it. They very much seemed to me to be kind of two sides. Absolutely. Maybe not of the same coin, and that's but the reason you needed why them both. They work well together as a pair. Um, obviously, that show continued beyond David Duchovny being there, and Gillian Anderson remained. They brought in the T-1000 to be her new partner for a season or two. Really? Yeah. How do I not yeah, know that? Uh, and it, honestly, the show lost its charm to me at that point. The pair of them together is really what worked so well. Yeah, I agree. I, I watched, I remember seeing that show a lot. There was some scene, I can never remember what it was, but there was some sort of creature that was like crawling through like a sewer or a tube and it just scared the bejesus Could out of me. Could have been the me. fluke, man. And I'm terrified. I'm looking, I'm looking it <laughs> up. Yep, that's yep. him. Jesus Christ. One of the greatest uh, monster episodes Ugh. of that show. I will call it, I. Now, I understand why you told me, but I will call you tonight if I wake up in the middle of the night having a nightmare about the flute. <laughs> okay. I saw it literally, I saw a thumbnail that was obscured. I think it was like a YouTube yep. thing, and it had the play button, and just seeing part of it, I want to vomit <laughs> all over my computer. It's a great episode. Um, all right. Um, I mentioned, I'll go with some of the ones. I mentioned Agent Smith from The Matrix. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong and with Agent Smith or Neo, to be honest. Both of them were yeah. mentioned. Thomas Anderson, who is Neo. Um, somebody else, somebody mentioned him, and somebody, another person mentioned Agent Smith. Um, but I just, again, I thought that was a kind of a more modern mm -hmm. one that, again, kind of took over. And then delving into the crazy time, because some of the ones I mentioned were mentioned a great deal. Um, I went with, I picked, tried to pick only one character from the Star Trek franchise, okay. and I went with Q. 
Interesting. Because he crossed over. He was in Next Generation. He was Is in... Is he the time-traveling uh, guy? Deep... He's the like oh, the godlike yeah, figure okay. that shows up in the first and last episode of the Next Generation. He's kind of the main. He's not in, he's not an antagonist. He's kind of the mischievous yeah. character that shows up once a season just to throw everyone a curveball. He shows up in Deep Space Nine and he shows up in. I Voyager. mean, I'll be honest. I didn't pick anyone from Star Trek, but if I if I was hard pressed, it would probably be Mister Spock. That is the one. That is one of our top five from the na- from the DDT besties. They all went with that. Um, five people mentioned Spock, yep. and I think that it makes that makes sense. Somebody mentioned Data. Data is a good choice. Somebody mentioned Picard. Picard's an excellent choice. Two people mentioned Captain Kirk, which would be another excellent great choice. choice. Um, someone mentioned uh, Dave mentioned Commander Riker because there was some it was some long story where. He wound up meeting a girlfriend because they were doing some I heard, weird... I saw that. And let me just say, yeah. while it's okay to like the character for that, that doesn't make the character one of the greatest sci-fi characters of all time. It makes it a great character because it, it helped to get It makes it laid. for him. It makes it for him, and yeah. that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for Star Trek. But that, again, that's one of the epic... That along with Star Wars I, And again, the epic Star Wars did shows. not make really my list either. Although, I guess... I guess it's silly not to include people like Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and Darth Vader, right? Or Princess Leia, for that matter. No one mentioned Princess Leia. Yeah. And only two people mentioned Luke Skywalker. Probably, probably Darth Vader and Han Solo, I'd have to imagine, were the... Yeah. Uh, Jason mentioned R2-D2. Oh, sure. Okay. Someone mentioned Boba Fett. Someone mentioned Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I don't know. Someone mentioned Yoda. At this point, like that series, it's I mean it's it's easy to hate on Star Wars at this point. But I'd like to point out, no one mentioned Rey, no one mentioned Finn, no one mentioned Captain Phasma, no one mentioned Kylo. There's a reason. So, so every and and really, while a lot of these characters did appear, like Han Solo, Han Solo and Vader were the big two. They are in the top five. The top five. Let's just get go right out and say it. Vader was the clear number one. He had nine mentions. Uh, Han Solo had seven. The Terminator had six. Spock had five. And the other one, and I don't want to talk about this yet, but the other one was Doctor Who. Okay. Also had six Yeah, I mean, mentions. if I felt like if you were doing a popular vote to figure out the, the greatest sci-fi characters of all time, that sounds like a popular list. Yeah. I didn't expect our list to match that, but I did put Vader on my list, yeah. I suppose. Um, so, what's another name this on your list? This one is probably the biggest stretch in terms of considering it sci-fi. Okay. But I'm going with Agent Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. Not surprising. Yeah, he's just an excellent, fun character. Uh, the science is obviously there in that, you know, he's literally an FBI agent. He's literally employing forensic techniques and things throughout the show. But then he also has the spiritual side. Um, there's a lot of sort of overtures to uh, Buddhism, I think, in the original series. And certainly in mm-hmm. the third season, The Return, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff happening in that series. And that's there's, there's alternate 
universes. There, there's there's alternate timelines. There's all sorts of science fiction tropes being thrown around left and right. Where so while I wouldn't classically so it, call it sci-fi, again, there's enough of those tropes being thrown around that I sort of feel like, what else is it? <laughs> so if we do this show. If we did the show where we watched Twin Peaks and then talked about every mm. episode, would the show just really be you trying to explain to me what the heck was happening in the episode? It wouldn't be for the first, the, for the original two seasons. Those are straightforward enough to just comprehend at their base level. But yes, if we ever decided to do the 18 hours that is Twin Peaks The Return, um, note that David Lynch, uh, the maker of the series, does not refer to it as season three. It is season one of Twin Peaks The Return. It's a very different beast, and oh yeah, it's a lot more abstract. It's a lot more completely up to your interpretation of what the hell is going on. Um, So it's... Which makes it sound like that's actually what we should do. That show... Then we can discuss the... I, I actually, I just finished re-watching it maybe um, three weeks ago. I, I sat through the entire 18 hours of it again. You would probably get through, like, honestly, you would get through a couple of those episodes and just be like, I don't want to watch any more of this. <laughs> That's what I think, but, like, it is... There's just something about it to me that is just so intriguing. and But again, you might like it, because if I recall, you like those old westerns. You like that sort of classic slow cinematography. I think you... Do you like 2001 A Space Odyssey? I don't know if you've seen that. Um, I don't know if you can see it, but that's the only character left on my list would be Hal 9000. So I think it takes a certain kind of cinema aficionado to to appreciate that series i need to make a confession right now so one of my favorite things i own the dvd is a mini series called lonesome dove which is based on a larry mcmurtry book and it's a western mini series robert duvall tommy lee jones danny glover um i have seen the good the bad and the ugly and i believe i watched it with mrs manson seems likely she loves that college um I think she then assumed that I've seen every other Western in the world, which is just patently false. Okay. I don't know that I've seen any other Westerns. I should. I did enjoy yep. them, um, and I think I would like them, but I'm not, sh- I don't have, I'm not as big an aficionado of Westerns as, a lot of, as you and your wife believe. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I knew about Lonesome Dove, so, and just, oh, yeah, I, I just sort of assumed so good. based off of that, I guess. So good, so good. Um What's your, what are your thoughts on Doctor Who since we brought it um, up? Doctor Who is something that ostensibly I should love, but which I have never watched enough of to develop a love of. I am exactly I there. mean, I will say I, I watched uh, when Doctor Who was rebooted the, the recently. Well, not recently now, but mm-hmm. when that Chris was Eccleson or something when they first brought the series back and he was around for one season, I watched that season. I thought it was really good. Um, and then they immediately changed actors for Dr. Who, which of course is what they do in that show. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And I just never quite got back into it after that. And I know there's been a lot of people 
Um, David Tennant, uh, was it Matt Smith, maybe, who people mm-hmm. really seem to enjoy. Now there's even a female doctor, and that was after the older gentleman played the doctor. I'm forgetting all their names now. but Yeah. I've seen plenty of clips on YouTube of moments, and I've tried to watch the show, but the problem is you don't, like, I'm like, where do I start? Do I go back to the whatever it was, the 50s or the, the 70s, whatever the first series, do I start from there? I tried to start from a more modern era, and I just I wasn't really sure what was going yeah. on. So I think, again, the Chris Eccles and stuff, if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. So, mm-hmm. Well, let me put it out there. We have tons of uh, DDT besties from the UK. If you are a Whovian, give me the point to start, because I will give it a try, but tell me wh- which season should I Is start Is it a Whovian with? or a Hoover? I believe it is a Hoovian, but it could I'm just be just saying, because, you know, Trekkie, Trekker, maybe it's a Hoover instead. I don't, I don't know. Well, then maybe it's oh, a Hoovie. Could be. Like Hooventude Guerrero. Or a Hoovigan. Ooh, yeah. there you go. Um, give me another name, because we're, we're down to only a, only a few here, and I think we might have missed. Did you watch Babylon no, 5? No, I did not. Lando Malari, who apparently is a character from Babylon 5. Uh, did you watch SG-1? A little bit. We had a mutual friend who was way into that show in college. And I kind of always just... Is he tall? very tall. And uh, I always kind of <laughs> thought that show was bullshit, not to put too fine of a point on it. Like, honestly, again, that's a series I should like. That, that first movie is a movie that I should like. But man, that entire franchise to me is the most boring piece of crap, like, Ever. I enjoyed Stargate, but I don't remember ever seeing it outside of like one time back when I was a big I just VHS remember collector. Everybody was all into this movie, and I just remember thinking, like, even as a kid, that movie was boring as hell. I don't remember a whole lot about it except that yeah. I've seen it. Um Battlestar Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, also not a show that interests me. Got a lot me. of love. William Adama. Gaius Baltar and Kara Starbuck Thrace mm. all got love. Uh, not a lot of love, but somebody mentioned them. Uh, the others I'm saving because these are ones that I think might still wind up on okay. your list. So, so let's wrap this up as we hit the 45-minute yeah, yeah, so uh, I've, got, I've got a handful more. Uh, the next one I would want to mention is... Did you not do five? Did you just make a list oh, of yeah, the ones Oh, yeah, that was already five. So we just hit five. Uh <laughs> Okay. The next one would be the ensemble, probably from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm thinking specifically mm-hmm. Ford Prefect, Arthur Dent, Zaphod Beeblebrox, yeah. Trillian, and 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 Marvin the and the paranoid android. Oh if my. I had to pick a single character, the fact that he was voiced by Alan yeah, Rickman. Again, if I had to pick a single character, it probably actually would be Marvin. Um, but as a whole, absolutely, especially across. I'm talking the books more so than the movie or the TV series. Oh, sure. As a whole, I think that whole ensemble is just excellent. Ford, I think I'm a sofa. I know how you and feel. And as long as we're talking about Douglas Adams, uh, I also love Dirk Gently, uh, both the the original novels, which are quite different from the more recent television series. Um, the only thing I've watched or I've read of Douglas Adams is okay. Hitchhikers. Uh, no, uh, uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency is also rather enjoyable, although different. 
although different. And I will say again that the TV series uh, is really nothing like the novel, but I, I enjoyed them both. All right, all right. Keep going. Um, I also have Hal Nine Thousand on my list. Um, I have, and again, this is a pair: Marty McFly and Doc Brown. I they were mentioned, and I was like, I'm wondering if he's oh, going to yeah. say it. I'm wondering if they're, he's going to go there. They're just excellent, greatest. One of the greatest sci-fi comedies of all time, perhaps only rivaled by the next trio, and you could maybe say Quattro, but I was always more affectionate towards three of them, uh, Peter Venkman, Ray Stance, and Egon Spangler, um, the other greatest sci-fi comedy of all time, I would say. And again, again props to Winston Zedman, props to him, but as I've said sure. before with the Ghostbusters, the original movies, I think that I, this brought, was brought up when we were talking about the remake. The original movies are very much about these eccentric characters who exist in a largely normal New York, and the comedy happens from thrusting the, their ridiculousness into this relatively normal world. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the, the remake had a very different tone because the world was just as crazy as they were. So the one thing mm-hmm. I will say, yeah. the reason why I don't include Winston here, although I love Winston also, uh, he is. Uh, audience cipher to an extent he represents the normal New York City he is not one of the eccentric uh, characters like the other three so he's more grounded yep. um, which I, I think again just hurts his likability to me in a certain way but, but at the same time I appreciate him because again it, he does make the other people more ridiculous uh, uh, through his presence that makes sense not Rick Moranis' Lewis character. Lewis Tully is excellent, as is... I love I love that you just immediately... And Dana Barrett. Just yes, boom, a Gorney boom, Weaver. Boom. Um, I also have to say I love... There is no Dana Barrett. Yeah, there is I also love one. Annie Potts, uh, who plays... Yeah, absolutely. Who plays Janine Melnitz, their, their secretary. Um, <laughs> so, so all those characters are... Wow. So, Walter Peck, the guy from the EPA. Come on. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Come on. Classic. Classic Ghostbusters line. Uh, I, I like the guy from the paper. From where? Does he ever come out? I got to watch those movies. The, again. the guy from where? Isn't there a yeah. painting in you one of those? Vigo! Vigo the Carpathian, man. Come on. Get with the times. Yeah. Oh, um, my yeah, goodness. So all those are excellent. And then the only other name that I threw onto my list, um, and this one. A lot of people probably would never think of this, but David Cronenberg remade the, the 1950s sci-fi film The Fly uh, in the 1980s, and Jeff Goldblum plays a character, a scientist, Seth Brundle, who ends up transforming into to this awful, disfigured, hideous creature. David Cronenberg, the director, is, is well known for a series, a, 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 I guess a genre of horror that you would call body horror. And so there's just, there's, it's very grotesque. The special effects are practical and suitably disgusting. But throughout the course of this film, Jeff Goldblum, Seth Brundle, is turning into this creature who comes to refer to himself mm-hmm. as the Brundle Fly. And, 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 and just that, that monster to me is probably one of the all-time classic sci-fi creatures, um, for sure. Would Jurassic Park Absolutely. be considered sci-fi? Alan Grant, Ellie Sadler, uh, Dr. Hammond, like Ian Malcolm, all excellent. You, 
I understand. I understand that things may be happening, but ju- you need to do some sort of movie <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we're like, working on it. What I can do. What I can do with Balls Mahoney <laughs> and naming all the oddities. You can do with naming all the Ghostbusters. And I'd like to point out, arguably, our two best friends are Kurt Russell and Jeff Goldblum. And you might not think that about no, Tall no, Guy because no, you've I, known him for so long. I totally see that. Because I just looked at I, I was like, oh, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen The Fly. So I'm like, let me look up The Fly 80s. And I look at images, and there is a picture of Jeff Goldblum. And if you put glasses on him and cut his I'm hair. I'm going to go ahead and say that I believe my mother has compared the tall man to Jeff Goldblum. It's to the point where I'm like, was Mrs. Tall Guy ever, like, in the same room <laughs> with Jeff Goldblum? Because yeah. it's... it's yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Meanwhile, right. the nicest thing um, anyone's ever said about me is I look a little bit like John Cusack, which I'm not super pleased with, but I'll take it. Someone once told me I looked like the lead singer of Bare Naked Ladies, and I like I lived off of that for which was funny because he had a very brief moment with okay. facial hair, and it's kind of there. Otherwise, like I would imagine someone would say yeah. that about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, that filled an hour. The only other name that was not mentioned at all uh, that was on here that I wondered if you would mention is the Gunslinger. Hmm. From the Dark Tower. And again, I, might... I was not considering that science fiction, although now that you mention it, I guess it qualifies. Um, so, yeah, excellent, excellent choice also. So. Thank you to everyone again. I didn't write down your names, but thank you to everyone who joined the DDT Daily Question. We appreciated your your uh, input. Led to a great podcast, but we also have some oh, emails yeah, here that we should get through. And the first one that's podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you want to expand on uh, your sci-fi love or add your own names or comment on ours, please do. Uh, the first email comes from Che. I'm sure that it does, except I don't have the inbox open. <laughs> hey, guys. A question that has nothing to do with wrestling, food, science, or any other topic that usually comes up on the show. And no need to answer on air if you feel you can't. Oh, this is where Che got serious. Hmm, I saw your tweet, but all right. I recently watched a BBC documentary about the Florida Parkland school shooting that occurred earlier in the year, as there was a British student involved who helped to start the movement that led to the March on the White House. With all the mass shootings, especially at schools over the years in America, I was wondering, as you both work in different areas of education, have you had to have any training in the event of such a thing happening at your schools or campus? Do you have to keep it in the back of your mind that such an event might occur while you're on duty? Thanks in advance for any insight you can offer, as I appreciate it might be a tender topic. On a more positive note, I've thoroughly enjoyed the two alpha drafts I got to participate in and would like to thank, firstly, everybody involved for making it such a pleasant and fun experience, especially DC and Jeremy, who set everything up and controlled it all extremely well. Already looking forward to taking part in a finalized public version. All the best, Che, sent from my Samsung Galaxy smartphone. I am hurt that I was not also called out for making it a fun and pleasant experience, Che. You were, mm-hmm. you were, you were, you are, you were, you were thanked firstly as part mm-hmm. of everybody. 
Um, I'm. This is a question I'm curious about. It, it, it's a it's a stark change in topic, but that's okay. Uh, do you do that on um, campus? Is that they part do of... offer a training, but it has not been compulsory, and um, ah. I have not attended the proper training, but I have looked over the materials. Okay. Uh, well, it was interesting to be a an elementary school teacher in Connecticut. Mm on the day of Sandy Hook because I remember being in my classroom. I remember the administrator coming to me just to tell me, hey, this is happening. Um, we don't know what's going on, but just keep keep an eye out just in case something may have happened. Just in case um, this is not an isolated incident. We, we know people. We haven't talked to them in probably a decade or so, but we know people who live in that town. I knew someone who worked in that town um, at that school. I'd like to just throw in there. Uh, I have had trainings. Um, It's interesting. I don't have it in the back of my mind. Like occasionally it flares up, but it's not something that I particularly worry about. I find the trainings truthfully a little silly. I am never going to teach my children to look for an object to throw at an assailant. Your children are a little young. Not, but we yeah. had that training. Yeah. What what objects could you give the kids to throw at someone if they came in? Maybe uh, no. Bolts. We're not doing that. Maybe if you gave them some sort of device that could propel. Bo- no, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm also not a fan. Um, as I don't like guns at all. I'm not a Farming fan teachers. of the idea of anyone having yeah. a gun at no, school. Not a great idea. Uh, I know teachers who of feel course. differently. I know who teachers who would gladly. I know a teacher who has a gun there in their go. car in case there's a problem. And I, I guess I can understand that, but it's sure. not for me. Uh, thank you, Che. I, I, I love that we get such a variety of questions. I will just questions. add, though, um, um, working... Sure. At the level that I work with and in the position that I am in, I am frequently in the position of informing irate young adults that, indeed, they are not going to have their way. And I would, I would be remiss to say I have not, at times, been concerned Okay. I think that makes sense. I, I would be more concerned if I taught older yeah. people. And especially people who, you know, I remember what I was like in college. Uh, you know, it is very easy to get out of control in any number of ways in college, and your emotions aren't really quite fully developed yet. So, yeah. Do you do you just have, like, a bulletproof teller window that you talk to people I, through? Um, I don't, but... Um... With like a pneumatic tube that tells you to fail. <laughs> At times, that wouldn't be the worst of ideas. All right. Our next email comes from another member of the DDT UK contingent, uh, and it is Glenn. And it is titled The Price of Horror, which might think it's another serious question, but it's totally a, a doc question. So go ahead, doc. Um, once what's again? Hi, guys. Never mind. Let me... <laughs> Sorry, I accidentally navigated away, and it keeps going to my other account. As I'm not sure if DC would have watched any of this, it is more of a question for Doc. So in which case, I'll just be the interviewer. 
I like that role. What is your favorite Vincent Price movie? Hmm. I personally have two that I still watch regularly, and I'm not. I'm going to skip the names, although you might have already looked at them. Um, and if Doc wants to do a horror podcast, I would definitely be interested. Thanks as always, Glenn. Cool, Glenn. Um, what do you think about Vincent Price there, Doc? Vincent uh, Price Doc is, you know, certainly one of the classic character actors from the 50s and 60s. And um, he's excellent. Um, Have you seen any of these movies? Is that oh, yeah. No, I've seen them. Um, Okay. I think the big one... The Fall of the House of Usher, that's a Edgar Allan Poe book, so. isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Um, he played... Yeah. Hmm, he played the... Invisible Man in Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, I think, which is a great film. Um, mm-hmm. I liked him in Thriller. I like him in The House on Haunted Hill, which was famously remade by Dark Castle Productions in, I don't know if that was late 90s or early 2000s, but the original film uh, is good. And I liked that remake because, again, they took a movie that's not great, gave it its own spin, and they did something different with it. Um, So I rather liked that. Um, House of Wax, the original that was later remade, you know, again, more recently, I think Paris Hilton was in the remake, but the original film from the 1950s is good um i always had a special i think oh i I always had a special place in my heart for uh the fly he was in the original the fly before the cronenberg remake again from the 50s um and there's as this one's probably less well known but there's another film from the late 50s called the tingler which is a is a stupid bad b movie but it's it's good. Uh, he plays like a scientist <laughs> who discovers like um, this creature or something that like lives in people, and it's called the Tingler. It feeds on on you know people's fear or something, and it's the thing that causes you like to tingle in your spine when you feel frightened. And the thing that I love about it is I I read because I used to read all sorts of books you know about B movies and things. Apparently, when this was in the theaters, like there were some places you know like those. Those classic, like, 50s matinee places. Now in Skeleton Vision or whatever. Like, for this film, they put, like, you know, little buzzers on different people's chairs in the audience so they would feel tingling at certain times throughout the film. I used to, oh, I miss that. Well, that's what, that's what 4D is now. The theaters that do 4D where it snows I, I, just, I miss the theater, those gimmicks sort of thing. That, that went along with some of those older 50s films. I wish they'd bring some of that back. It would make going to the theater have a purpose again to me. I don't know. It's it's a gimmick. It's stupid. Don't get me wrong. But I like reading the Wikipedia page on this. I like this kind of a thing because, you know, we expected a lot of movies and maybe because I don't watch horror, they're going to have some sort of happy ending or something. This movie does not end that way. This movie ends with the assumption that everyone dies. Yeah. He was also in right. um, Edward Scissorhands. Um, that was one of his last films. So that was huh. also, I think, a good one as, as well. Our next email comes from Nate. Nate has asked three questions. I'm immediately tabling one of them because it's another list okay. question. And I've already it. done that. Um, hello, gentlemen. It's been a little while, but I always come back. Hope you guys are doing great and still loving life. Happy belated birthday Thank to you. Oscar. I have some questions for you today. Number one, what are each of your five favorite movies oh, of all time? 
tabled for another day. Number two. If a zombie apocalypse ever happened and you had to choose two WWE superstars to aid you, who would you choose? Huh. <laughs> like, seriously? I know one right off the bat. Seriously? Yeah. Or, man. Ah. Uh, I'm picking Haku. Of course. Slash Ming. In any situation. <laughs> yep, yep. Doesn't matter. Um, the second one I was going to say, Vince McMahon, because he has a private jet. That's not jet, a bad one. And we could fly away? I'm going to go with the complete non-PC pig version of this and say Asuka and Charlotte, because, you know, it's the end of the world, so. Asuka's back on TV. No. Did you see that? She came to rescue Naomi from the Iconics. Excellent. I'm, I hate anything. Any gonna, reason to get Oscar back on television? Hey, I'm fine with it. They're gonna. I think they're gonna have a cool. match at Hell in a Cell. I mean, I so. guess maybe if I had to, t- I, maybe I would choose the zombie from ECW because maybe he'd be able to like broker <laughs> a piece or something. Um, yeah, that's a good choice. That's a yeah. good choice. Uh, number three. Do you like Braun's heel run so far, and do you think it has a ceiling? I know it's been a short run. Well, Doc hasn't seen any of it. Braun is. Wait. Have a great rest of your week, your hasn't, friend Nate. Thanks for the email, Nate. You're always hasn't welcome. Hasn't Braun been a heel as a bestie since the start of time, except mm, for the brief period no, with Nicholas at WrestleMania? Well, well no, because him coming out of the trash compactor or the trash, the garbage truck with the Miz, he was a bit. It was one of those things that he never became out and out a baby face, but everyone cheered him for a while, and WWE kind of leaned into it, and now they're just leaning away from it. Uh, I don't mind. You know, the Strowman McIntyre Ziggler alliance, I actually kind of dig. Um, you know, the Shield basically, you know, showed up to challenge them. Baron Corbin had them all arrested. They then were able to not be arrested anymore. They came back and then were beat up by every heel. It was like the Royal Rumble 94 all over again. Every heel, including Drew Gulak for some reason, came out and beat mm. up the Shield. So I'm assuming. We're going to have at some point a gauntlet match, which is the Shield versus and they'll beat everybody. them all. Yeah, but or at least they'll beat them all until Strowman and McIntyre that and Ziggler said, come out. I don't think but, Ron um, has a ceiling currently. Um, everybody really likes him. The yeah, audience so. is behind him. And when you think about it, how green he was as a performer just like two or three years ago, I feel like this guy's best work is still in front of him. So. I don't know. Unless he has his career cut short, obviously he's a huge guy. I guess it's possible you, you always could have health concerns and injury things with a guy that big. But so far, he seems relatively healthy. So uh, I don't know. I, I sort of feel like he could disguise the limit for Braun. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I don't think there is a ceiling. The only ceiling is that I don't think. You know, I don't think anyone's hitting. I don't know that anyone's going to hit 10 world titles. I don't remember how many Roman's already up to, three or four. But, you know, that the ceiling is I don't think he becomes John Cena no. or Triple H. No. But, but, that's a that's top of Empire State Building level ceiling. So, our next email comes from Bosk. Hello, DC and Doc. Now, he had to amend this because he suggests essentially what Glenn just had us do. 
Just a suggestion for the Scaretober podcast, have the besties rank their top five and rank and give points. Number one gets five points, two gets four, three gets three, and total them and discuss. Topics could be top five zombie movies, top five sci-fi characters, top five comics. You could have some honorable mentions. So, and then he again, he, he says, I just saw it. Glenn already had that idea, but it's not a bad idea. And I think every so often we do break that out where we just, just you know, at some point we're going to talk about top five movies of all time. We'll, we'll throw the besties a bone on that. So thank you, Bosk, for the idea. But, you know, we, we, we like listing things. Speaking of which, have you checked out the most recent episode of The List, conveniently located on your DDT Wrestling feed, part of the DDT universe? Uh, we talk about Juice Robinson and uh, Al Snow. Doc, Doc goes a little gaga for Al Snow. It's worth listening to just for that. What's the matter? You don't like Al Snow? I am just trying to stall because I don't want to read this next email. That's really all I'm doing. Um... Yeah. I don't know what to say about this because uh, Bethany uh, has emailed. And if you have been listening lately, and of course you have, um, I challenged Bethany to show us her vlog because she says she does some vlogging um, down there in Australia. And uh, she, she sent us a vlog from someone named Beth. Um. So I should, in good, I should believe her. I have no reason to doubt, but I want very badly to call the police. <laughs> okay, Bethany, DC's having some trouble believing that this vlog is yours. She, well, because she doesn't say, well, I'm, I'm Bethany say Westbrook. She is, just says, you know, Hi, on it's Reddit, Beth. There's this concept of verification. On your next video, just, just throw up a, a sign that says, Hello, DC and Doc, with... With the okay. with the date. Thank you. That perfect. And then we're then we're all set. That will make me that will make me feel better. Hey I'm boys, put a shrimp on the Barbie. Right, DC. I heard your request from my last email about my vlog. Of course. Here it is, smiley, smiley, smiley. Because I release a vlog all the time and have five hundred and forty-four subscribers, I wasn't sure which one to send. Then I thought why not send one from my first week of emailing Didate back in April? So here it is, me preparing for a day at uni after spring break, as well as contouring and baking. Obviously, you don't have to watch all 15 minutes, but you can play the first 60 seconds if you like so listeners can hear me. Glenn, Che, Pav, Kevin, no, I do hope you like my English accent from my days living there when Beverly adopted me after my mother, Clarissa, abandoned me for a cruise ship. But yes, you see here. <laughs> I need more. I need more information. Well, after your next vlog, after you show saying hi, DC and Doc, please explain why your mother abandoned you for <laughs> your a cruise vlog. Ship. Like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, I think DC. I think you need to tweet out this this uh, link so all of our followers can can, can check out Bethany's Sun 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 blog. And she continues. My question for the week is: If you were free for a day and wanted to spend it. All day on the WWE Network, what would you watch? What would you watch to warm up? What's the main course? What snacks would you eat? What would be your day on WWE Network? And um, I, I can answer for DC, uh, that is old episodes of WCW. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Banson, for your answer. I can exclusively announce as the DDT 150 Fan Festival 
gets closer. Another attraction on the day will also be the DC Matthews Symposium of Thought Bookathon. I I intrigued. Continue. <laughs> Where all three of us will recommend DC's next intellectual book to read. The winner will, of course, be chosen by DC after the festival. Shortly later on episode DDT 150, Pick Me. Until next time, from the Gold Coast of Australia, Beth at J3, Sterina. Which is the Twitter handle of whoever this Beth person is, because I did a little research well, why would you to try her? to see. I, I, I tweeted it out. I said, DDT Bestie Bethany Westbrook sent us her blog. Check it out. Or, you know, call the cops your call and then sent the link. All right, so thank you, Bethany, for your I, so email. I answered for you in uh, terms of the network day. At this point, honestly, uh, I think I would go back. I would watch the second UK championship uh, tournament or whatever they called that show, and I would watch uh, the May Young Classic Part 2 because I haven't seen either of them. I might, I might be watching that depending on my evening. That might be on there because night yep. one was yesterday, and I watched – uh, a gif of Maiko Satamora doing a cartwheel hmm. knee drop. Say no more. And I'm already sold. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Uh, our final email comes from... I, I called Glenn the bestiest of the besties, and there are many bestie besties. Danielle is one of Hello. them. Hello. 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 Am I reading I this because it. it's lengthy? So I looked at the pumpkin okay. spice syrup label this morning at 6 a.m. The syrup does contain pumpkin puree, which is the only pumpkin element in the syrup. Now, that said, my, 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 uh, my sensitivities here are definitely dose-dependent. So if I have to imagine it's only like a pump or two of the syrup, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a possibility that I could have a pumpkin spice latte. So uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But uh, Danielle continues with her email. The pumpkin spice latte story. Pumpkin spice was my first drink over six years ago. I was on a road trip going to Shreveport, Louisiana, to go to... Were you just going until I said that? <laughs> <laughs> they go to a Philharmonic concert. The drive was from East Texas to the northwestern part of Louisiana, about four to six hours. Went with a friend who was completely shocked that I had never had Starbucks, specifically pumpkin spice anything. Soon afterwards, I slowly evolved into a latte and macchiato fan. At first, I thought she was saying she had evolved into, literally, into a latte. And I was going to just laugh hysterically. Uh, uh, and all thanks. To be fair, that would explain why you're working at Starbucks. A, a human latte hybrid All thanks has to, to work pumpkin there. spice. I also associate a lot of fall drinks with writing and to-do lists. Or, you know, editing out crappy storylines or classics. Also, wrestling storytelling has helped me explain to my professor similarities to plot development in ancient world literature. By the way! There's a PhD thesis Absolutely. to write about that. Uh, there's a new drink launched today that I shockingly enjoy. It's a Corducio mm -hmm. Am 
Italian espresso with macchiato? Oh, in Italian espresso. With mocha. With mocha. Not macchiato. Short and Tollies have two shots of espresso. Grande and Venti drinks have quattro shots. The short cup has a specifically designed cup design. It's also made with whole milk and can be hot or iced. Might try it tomorrow with soy milk and see if I prefer that. This drink was launched the same day Starbucks opened its first store in Milan, Italia. Santino, the Milan Doc, Miracle. Thank you for your list of horror movies via Twitter. I hope to watch as many as I can during October. I can't think of any more questions. Cheers, Danielle. Well, you can just email in, Danielle. We don't need questions all the time. You can just email in and tell us how life is. That's all we need. All right. Well, thank you to Danielle and Bethany and Bosk and Nate and Glenn and Che. And again, thank you to everyone who sent in their top five five sci-fi films. That's a tongue twister. Um, We enjoyed that as well. Uh, You've watched Zero Wrestling? That is correct. That's fine. This show has never really been solely about wrestling. Um, what is your piece of positivity in life? Um, well, hmm. I guess not to put the cart before the horse, but um, Glenn, I, 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 I've heard you. I've taken it under advisement. Things are afoot. I'm excited for. I am targeting the end of September through October. No promises beyond that. Good. Um, (laughs) So I hope, certainly, that when we are prepared to make a more complete announcement, that you will tune in and enjoy. We both have. We both have kind of little side projects in the works. I've got something. I've been spending a lot of time uh, playing with looping. I got, what is it called? I got to open my Chromebooks. I can't remember what it's called. I've got this program called Soundtrap okay. uh, that like has these little, you know, music things. So I've been looping intros because I'm trying to find an intro in case I ever need one for something else. Uh, I might submit some ideas to you in case you feel like DDT Wrestling needs a new intro or The List okay. needs a new intro. Right. Um, but I've been having fun with that. My piece of positivity... Hey, you know, it's been, it seems like it's been a while, but All In was a big deal. 11,263 people showed up. Uh, An independent promotion or an independent event that wasn't even affiliated with a promotion kind of took over the wrestling world for a weekend. I say the coolest thing about All In is like that is like literally the definition of independent. You know what I mean? Like, independent yes. promotion is almost an oxymoron. At least what they did <laughs> with that one That's show true. was truly independent, yeah. and I applaud that. Yes. It was a bunch of people who said, we don't need the machine of a promotion. We can do it all ourselves. So I commend all of I, them. Uh, people had I a great time like with it. I would still like to see that show. I'm telling you, I will pay the 999 yen to resubscribe to New Japan. Is it on there? And watch it because it's on there. Yeah, come on over. That's the ch- that's the cheapest way. So let me know when you're free, you got and it. we will watch all in. 
I'll even invite GQ. Okay. Awesome. Unless, unless you don't want him there. I mean, I um, understand. I know you have a strained no, I relationship loved, I with GQ. GQ. So. Nope. I okay. love GQ. GQ has been a dear friend of mine well before I knew you. And I just, every so often, I just need to slide <laughs> that in there because the two of you have this love now that I am just, I'm watching through the window, my nose pressed up come against on in, the glass. I don't think you're going to like what you see. <laughs> there was a time I came over... <laughs> the two of you were upstairs, <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> um, so yeah, so g- good for them. And uh, uh, how could I not mention the most important story in wrestling this week? Chad Gable and I Bobby saw Ruder a now gift of that, and just Chad Gable <laughs> running out. Oh, that so sold sweet. me. But that sold me. I'm like, that is what got American Alpha over in the first place was Chad Gable yes. being a goofball and Jason Jordan wanting nothing it. to do with it. Bring it on. So I, I don't know. It's exciting. Uh, thank you for joining us on this non-wrestling edition of DDT <laughs> Sci-Fi, of the DDT Universe. Um, anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson? You've got your little toy again. Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head uh, out into that good like night? If you'd like to have your thoughts uh, read on the air or express questions, comments, or concerns, <laughs> send them to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you'd like to hear our other shows, including... The Fantastic List, which I think just hit episode 20. You can do so by heading to ddtpod.com or by subscribing to the DDT Wrestling podcast feed using your podcast app of choice. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling to throw a few shekels our way. It helps pay for things like plastic replica spinner belts that DC suddenly has in his hands. I looked over and it was there on a shelf where it's been since I bought it. Yeah, but seriously, patreon.com, we appreciate all the patrons of the show. Again, we remain on target to actually break even for our our pod feed expenses related to this show anyways. So I want to thank you all, one one and all. Um, And certainly, if you haven't yet uh, become a patron of DDT Wrestling, I implore you, what what are you waiting for? Well, that's what I want to know. Podcast at DDCWrestling.com. What do we need to do? What do we need to offer? Do we need a lower tier? What would get you? Because at least 100 people download this show. I don't know how many of you listen, like six, but at least 100 of you the, download the what show. We essentially have w- with the Patreon, not to extend the show any further, what we essentially have is a 5% conversion rate, which, which actually, <laughs> when I look at other things, is about right. The it's problem is okay. only about a hundred people download the show. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance, but yeah, no, let us know. Cause I will certainly be open to ideas. If you have outside the box ideas of how to grow this brand besties, if you want to help promote this, we have no idea how to do it. So if you've got any, if any, if we got any marketing majors out there listening to this show, <laughs> look, Look, sometimes I remember to tweet about the show. Like sometimes within the first I remember Twitter hours, is so. on my phone, and then I don't open it. So <laughs> it's hopeless with me. What are we doing wrong? <laughs> we should be taking over the world. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be 
our bestie. 